with rising billions, disrupting tradition, always be closing, gaining exponential wisdom from street smart strategies. I dream the kind of dreams that other people said would not be possible. Free your mind. Nothing happens till something moves. I'm a big fan of going all in on your strengths. Create your blue ocean. Innovation and collaboration with competition. Do you want to sell sugar water for the rest of your life? Or do you want to come with me and change the world? Creating uncontested market space. I worry that people don't tap into their strengths. Wealth creation and a new economy entrepreneur. There is a very thin dividing line between success and failure. Witnessing unprecedented technology. You can fail at what you don't want. So you might as well take a chance on doing what you love. Welcome to the Think Bold, Be Bold Show with Christopher Gumby and Alan Witch. Hi, it's Christopher Cumby with Think Bold, Be Bold. Here's my awesome co-host, Alan Witch. Alan, you there? I'm here. Happy 5th of July, Chris. Right, today? right. Well, I, I'm weekend. doing amazing. It was a great weekend. And, you know, I get the great pleasure because, uh, it, you know, during this time of year, uh, Canada Day is on July 1st. And because I am Canadian, I get to enjoy uh, and celebrate that with my fellow Canadians out there. Uh, but my wife and my two kids, um, well, I have four kids, but two of them are American. Uh, so we get to enjoy, obviously, Happy Fourth, and it was a lot of fun down at the beach. I'll tell you, these guys know how to put on a party uh, down here in Florida. Excellent, excellent. Yeah, the weather was really nice, too. I was uh, looking at some of the uh, Facebook posts that you were doing, and uh, I got to tell you, I was a little, a little jealous. It was hot here, and we were having a lot of fun, but I wasn't near the water, so uh, I'm still a little jealous there, Chris. Well, that's all right. Soon enough, uh, you'll be able to uh, spend some time down in the uh, on the Gulf Coast here, where um, you know, obviously, I frequent and, and live um, in a little beach town called Seagrove. For those uh, not familiar, it's on the Gulf of Mexico uh, in Santa Rosa Beach. Hey, Alan, we've got an amazing guest. In fact, you know, we've been following uh, this guest for a while now and, you know, his message and the things that he's been up to and the people he's connected with and, the, you know, the book that he wrote, which is a bestseller, a New York Times bestseller, that is. And um, he's got his own show and it's live and, you know, without giving a lot of it away, I know we always give you the great pleasure of introducing the guest and of course, that's not going to be any different from what we do today. So why don't we get right into it and uh, introduce a guest because I am super excited. I'm excited as well. Thanks, Chris. Yeah, you know, um, the, the title I'm going to give away here, you're probably all going to know who it is. He is the uh, world's foremost reinvention expert. Yes, his name's Steve, but I'll hang on to his last name for just a minute here. Uh, he really does help uh, a lot of people, not just individuals, but corporations really kind of find a way to determine, you know, what is their what? What's that one thing that they're uh, created to do? You know, you know, uh, wh whatever it might be. Maybe it's a, you know, no holds barred approach to life or maybe it's something to help promote clients, whatever the case may be, to help find a life of purpose, conviction, and contribution. And I think those are three great things that are often left out. Uh, I think a lot of commerce comes first and some of the other things come second. But when you lead with conviction and purpose, then I think you've got a, a, a great track record. He's a 25-year entrepreneur. 
Uh, Steve is a chairman and co-founder of Liquor.com, an online pioneer who launched uh, on CompuServe's electronic mall back in 1993. As, as you said, he's a New York Times bestselling author of What Is Your What? Discover the One Amazing Thing You Were Born to Do. So without further ado, Steve Olsher's in the house. Steve, welcome to the Think Bold, Be Bold podcast. Well, thank you for having me, gentlemen. Appreciate it. Yeah, well, the pleasure is all ours, Steve. And, you know, thanks for bearing with us while we had a little banter back and forth. But, man, we could spend all day, I'm sure, talking about the things that are passionate to you and where you've been and, you know, the things that you're working on. But I know it's always a great, uh, you know, start before we get into some of the questions specifically on what you're working on right now. But um, can you fill in, uh, you know, that journey as an entrepreneur? I know it's 25-plus years, and you've done a lot of great things. But uh, fill us in a little bit for our audience so that they can get a good, you know, understanding for those that, uh, well, I don't think anybody's not heard of you. But, you know, obviously, uh, for those that haven't, they can get a good sense of who you are and where you've been and, and, and maybe where you're going. And, and we'll jump right into your book because I can't wait to talk about that subject. Absolutely. Cool, man. Yeah. Uh, first and foremost, I think I was being a little presumptuous when I referred to you both as gentlemen, so I uh, apologize <laughs> in advance. I don't know if that's the case yet. Yeah, give it time. Uh, and second of all, Here it comes. Since, I smoke, <laughs> since I smoke as much as I do, I'm not even sure I remember two of the three questions you asked, but I'll start with the one, which is where are things going? Um, and the answer is I have no clue, so I can, so we can leave that out of the equation. Uh, but in terms of where I've been, uh, as, uh, you know, as was stated, I've launched on CompuServe's Electronic Mall in 93, so I've been online for a long time, mm -hmm. and uh, really just wired as, a, as an entrepreneur, you know, I mean, it's like, it's one of those things you can't really do anything about, you know, it just kind of chooses you, and mm -hmm. you can, well, I guess you can ignore it or deny it, I guess you can certainly do that, but for me, I mean, I've always kind of been wired as, uh, as that guy who wants to kind of rub a couple of dimes together and try to make a quarter, so it's Raking leaves, it's shoveling snow, it's doing whatever I got to do, and that started at a really young age. And uh, the first true entrepreneurial endeavor uh, was actually opening up my own nightclub when I was 19. So I've been uh, been in the game for for quite some time. Wow. Um, so was that a no liquor nightclub? <laughs> I know, right? How do you do that? Yeah. Uh, actually, it was a not it was a non alcoholic club. So we wow. uh, we catered to the teenagers early. And uh, when I say earlier, I mean like 8 to 11.30ish or so. Uh, and then we would close down and clean up, and then we would reopen at midnight for those 18 and over. And because we didn't serve booze, we could stay open literally all night long, which, uh, which sometimes meant 4, 5, 6 in the morning. And uh, because the bars had to close uh, in the city where I did this at, at uh, 1.30, uh, that meant that they had their fill of what they needed booze-wise, but some of them didn't want to go home. So that gave us an opportunity to, uh, to cater to those folks, and there were plenty of them. Wow. Nice. So you're so you're so no no alcohol. Was that Studio 63 then? Uh, I believe that was actually Studio 17. Aha. <laughs> wow. That's but amazing. Lovingly known as the uh, the actually, and uh, here's a funny story. Uh, you talk about names and, and being bold and all of that fun stuff. I had, uh, I had DJed for a number of years, and uh, certainly this is something we have in common, that my, uh, my DJ name was Mr. Bold, believe it or not, so pretty apropos for this, uh, for this show. But, uh, but we were sitting around trying to think of names for the club, and we actually came up with the Funky Pickle, so uh, go figure. <laughs> the Funky Pickle, I love it. Funky Pickle. Uh, Steve, 
want to jump right into your book because, you know, being an author myself and just published just recently, I know what it takes to, you know, write a book, but no, not quite know what it takes to write a New York Times bestselling book. What is your what? Sounds like a really great book. And I apologize. I haven't read it yet, but I certainly will. Um, in fact, hey, my wife hasn't read it either. You're in good company. Don't worry about it. <laughs> well, it's it's on order because obviously when you, you, you agreed to come on the show, want to definitely uh, get a good sense of, of what you wrote about. And, and it made a lot of sense. Now, yeah, you no, no, no better time to get a good sense for what the book is all about than after the interview. Good call, Chris. Oh, wait, good planning. Thank you, sir. <laughs> we'll have to revisit well, listen, this, evidently. Listen, huh? I, 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 did a, I did a little bit of research to find out, but uh, at the same time, definitely um, you know, got some great questions for you so that for our audience out there, and you know, again, Steve, why we do this. And, and by the way, audience, if you've got, uh, if you don't have your journal and pen, it's a good time to grab it because this is when the golden nuggets come out. You know, when we dive right into Steve's uh, brain here on some of the well, things. I guess, that I guess we can we're, share. we're we're all being presumptuous then today, aren't we? <laughs> we got we got to yeah, pick absolutely. up our game, Chris, because it's Steve yeah. one, Chris I know, and Alan it's just, zero. I love it. It's it's <laughs> it's, it's exactly, and and we love that kind of uh, banter. In fact, uh, uh, Anna Reno gave it to us as well when we were on the show. Yeah. Remember that, Anthony Anna yes. Reno. Uh, love, uh, love Anthony. Shout out for him. But, uh, you know, Steve, listen, you believe there's one thing that prevents someone from living, you know, a life of happiness, fulfillment and purpose. What is that? Yeah, I really do think it boils down to being able to just, you got to be able to answer that key question, man, which is what is your what? What is that one thing that you're truly compelled to do? And interesting when you look at the examples of those who are quote-unquote successful and of course success can be defined in a million different ways by a million different people i happen to like the the definition of success as basically being the the person who has the courage the determination and the will to become the person they were meant to be that to me is a great definition of success um but you know reality is that when you look at this whole conversation around what is your what and what is success? If you look at the people who have found that one thing, whether it's basket weaving or underwater welding or, you know, physics or basketball or whatever it is, you know, I mean, you look at a guy like Steve Kerr, right, as an example, coach of the Golden State Warriors, and, you know, basketball is his life. It's that one thing. It's his what. I mean, he can't do anything about it. It's in the genes, and he doesn't need to do anything else, you know. <laughs> it's just right. that simple. You find what that is. And that can easily become not just your life, but your livelihood. You know, you, you mentioned, and, and I get that, and, and certainly, um, you know, having that courage, will, and determination, I love how you put that, you know, just to become that person you're meant to be. You know, saying what you said, you state that, you know, there's really three simple steps that someone can take to really discover what what is their what. Um, or what they are. Uh, tell us about that because I think people learn that way when you know there's some frameworks you know thrown at them to help them ponder and think and to ask those questions of themselves and that's why I always say you know again audience get your journals out and you know ask some of these questions that Steve's gonna be uh, you know walking us through um, because this is great insight. Not only should you listen today and 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 really dive into what he's saying, but grab his book because I'm sure Steve, you wrote 
quite a few words um, in order to take deep dives on, on, on this subject. And we can only cover so much during this show, but tell us about those three simple steps, if you may. Yeah, absolutely. And by the way, there's really no need to go get the book. I mean, we'll cover all the important stuff here. I mean, there's probably, I don't know, six, <laughs> 700 decent words in the book, and I think we'll get to most of those here during this interview, so save the dime. But, uh, but no, I mean, as far as uh, what those steps are, you know, I did, in Authorland, they say you write the book you most need, right? right. So for me, I've always kind of had that question of, you know, of, of what is my what? what? What is it that I'm truly wired to excel at? What, why am I, you know, why am I here, right? I mean, that, that whole question that we all seem to have at some point in our lives, usually it's after a bowl of something or another. Sometimes it's a bowl of Frosted Flakes. Sometimes it's a bowl of something else. But, you know, we <laughs> ask that question. And for me, I've, I've really wondered for my entire life what that is. And so I did the the what colors your parachutes and the Myers-Briggs and all that stuff. And they really just all left me with more questions than answers. So I decided I'm going to create a framework that I think can really help people. And that is the what is your what framework, not because I intended for it to help people so much as I intended for it to help me. You know, I mean, that was really the idea here is to write something, create the roadmap, the framework that I could follow to figure it out, and um, uh, and so really, it just it's interesting how simple it is. But at the same token, I haven't seen anybody else put it in the way that I put it, and mm -hmm. it's kind of like a tripod. Where if you think about a tripod, you know, the three legs can be strong, but you take out one, and the whole thing doesn't matter how strong the other two are, you know, topples over. And that's the what is your what framework, and those three things are the gift which is really the one core gift that is within your DNA. I believe that your what has chosen you. I don't believe it's that which you can choose, and that's pretty much the big difference between the what and the why for those that are wondering. Mm -hmm. But the gift is that one thing that is communicating or teaching or healing or whatever it might be that just absolutely defines how you're naturally wired to excel. And then the question is, after you have that down pat, how do you share that gift? And so that becomes the vehicle. That's the vehicle that you use to then share that gift. And the third part of the puzzle there, the third piece of the framework is what's the, you know, who are the people, right? Who are the people that you are most compelled to serve? So most people will go through a lifetime without being able to answer one part of the equation, let alone all three. So don't feel like you're alone if you don't know those answers because most people don't know those answers. But if you can get to the point of understanding the core gift the vehicle, and the people, you're in pretty good shape. I like that. I love that, actually. Three um, very simple simple steps that mm -hmm. uh, people can take to, uh, to really be able to plot a path. And, Chris, I want to jump in here. I want to, I want to go a, a, little, a little bit deeper here um, and, and go past that once you found out uh, Steve, kind of what what you're wired for, and, and how you get to that, and and uh, you know what you have to go through, and the kind of aha moments are going to occur, and the kind of influence other people are going to have on your life that's going to help guide you to where you know the self realization comes in. You talk in your book about a journey through the four stages of learning, and Chris and I talk about this all the time. This is a has been been a a big piece of our learning kind of that light bulb moment that goes on and you define it as this uh, the journey through the four stages of learning and shift from unconscious incompetence 
to unconscious competence. Can you help describe for the audience what you mean by that? Yeah, and for those that are familiar with what this is, what you're referring to is Dr. Thomas Gordon's Four Stages of Learning, uh, and he calls it the Conscious Competence Learning Stages Model. And basically, the way that it breaks down is when you are in stage one, which is unconscious incompetence, you know, there's a lot of different people. I mean, Landmark would like lay claim to this, but it's not a new idea. I mean, the idea is you just don't know what you don't know. And right. it's the blind spots, you know, it's the bullshit, it's whatever you want to call it, right? But it's the whole conversation around these things that happen to you in your life and, and you don't really understand why they happen. And so that can be something that you're just not good at, like a skill you try to attain but you just can't. Uh, or it can be relationships or it can be business. It can be whatever it is. But the bottom line is that there's something going on that you just can't put your finger on because you don't have the skills or the ability to put your finger on it. Mm -hmm. Hmm. So that's stage one, right, which is unconscious incompetence. And it goes through the different stages where you go then to unconscious competence, where basically you're aware of what's going on, but you don't have the skills to really solve that issue. Then shifting to conscious competence, where you now have the skills that you need to get your desired result, but you have to think about your process. And then finally into unconscious competence, which is a stage that very few people will attain in any area of their life other than walking, breathing, and eating. And that's basically where you become sort of this magical type person where what you do looks so easy that people wonder how you do it and you aren't giving it any conscious thought. It's like Jordan gains six against Portland. You know, it's give me the ball, I grab it, I shoot it, I just keep shooting, it keeps going in. Backtrot to half court, shrugging my shoulders. I don't know. I don't know. Just give me the ball. I'll shoot it. It goes in. That's, that's what's known as unconscious competence. Yeah, it's that automatic, I guess, that takes over at that point um, where you just know what to do. And, you know, it's funny. Um, ben Hogan was asked, you know, to teach people how to play golf. Um, or what he did better yet to play a great game of golf, you know, from his swing. And, and he had a tremendous swing. In fact, out of the, off the tee, he, he was just able to crush it. So when he was asked, you know, how he was able to do it, and this is what re reminded me um, of what you're saying, he, he just wasn't, he, he didn't even know. Um, in fact, he taught people for a long time, um, what he was doing, but he was teaching it wrong until the day when someone actually was able to record him um, on video. And of course, way back in those days, uh, that was new technology. Believe it or not, folks, for all those listening. And um, until they actually recorded him, slowed down the recording, they can actually, for the first time he ever saw what he was actually doing and that was just, again, um, an epiphany for him and then was obviously able to take that information and share with people. So a lot of times, to your point, a lot of people um, never really reach this, um, you know, automatic response to life. And um, I, I, I agree with you on those four stages or, you know, obviously, Dr. Thomas, um, from that perspective, you know, listen, I, I, I can't wait to read your book because obviously you dive into some really cool things. Um, you're, in a, you're, you're known as America's reinvention expert. And when I heard that, obviously I'm like, okay, what exactly does that mean to reinvent yourself? Steve, 
can you share with our audience your insight to you know how you teach people or what you know what you teach uh, from that reinvention uh, standpoint? Yeah, you know it's interesting because reinvention the the term itself I think has taken on kind of a kind of a wonky meaning here over time just because of people like Burger King talking about reinventing the hamburger and, and so on. I mean, I think people have taken creative liberties with the word, but sure. you know, reality is that it's not at all about changing anything in your life or who you are. I, to me, reinvention is really more about just kind of shedding the, the shackles of the outfits and the personas and the expectations and sort of those whims and the agendas of others and shedding all of that to get back to the core, really to the essence of who you truly are. And that to me is, that is reinvention personified. And you can look at that in corporate environments where, you know, companies start out like bats out of hell with we're going to do this and change the world and everything else. And then all of a sudden somebody's like, hey, we'll pay you a million bucks to do this. You're like, oh, fuck that. I'm doing this. So, you know, it's just like, you know, it's just kind of how it works. And next thing you know, you've got a $10 million company, which is all well and good, but you're doing things that you never intended on doing. And frankly, you might be doing some things you don't even like doing. Right. So that's what reinvention is to me. It's just really getting back to that core, to that essence of, of who you truly are. You know, that's an extremely good point, uh, Steve. You know, Chris and I talk a lot about w with our clients and on the show about uh, charging all of your decisions back to your purpose, your mission, your why, whatever it is that you want to call that, but charging all the opportunities and all the risk and so forth back to the focus of, of who you are and what you're doing. That way, it, it helps to not squirrel. And I think a lot of people, to your point, do squirrel. They find out something that comes along and they go, oh, hey, this could be really good economically for me. It may fit that box. I may be able to check off that box, but I can't check off these three other. But because that one's so sexy, I'm going to deviate and do that. And then when I try to come back, I've diluted my brand, if you will, of who I am. And sometimes it's hard to get started again. Do you find that... Uh, some of the people you work with follow that road? Well, um, I mean, yeah, for sure. And, and I think that's why you see people with midlife crises and, and so on, because you end up waking up one day and you just don't have a clue in terms of how you got to where you are. And, and I think really that's, that's what's most difficult for a lot of people is just that whole process of taking a step back to say, wow, I'm not where I want to be. And a lot of people just aren't willing to say that. You know, they're just not willing to say it. And that's what becomes tricky for a lot of folks is how do I scratch all of this that I've been building in order to do whatever that is that I know is going to be significantly more fulfilling. And what ends up happening is a lot of folks just kind of go cold turkey on it, and that doesn't work. I mean, it just doesn't work. you got to figure out how to make that transition and let somebody else pay for that transition. And so if you wake up in the morning and you go, geez, you know, this is not what I want to be doing. I don't even know how I got here. And then you say, you know what, forget it. I'm just going to quit this and start something new. You know, it's kind of an ignorant way of going about it. My thinking and my suggestion is – you know, let someone else pay for that transition, right? I mean, whoever that is, just be cognizant of where you're going and what you're going to do 
but let someone else pay for that transition so that you can get to whatever place that is in the appropriate amount of time to get there without the same pressures of having, having, having to make it work. And I think that's where a lot of people get lost is they're just like, oh, man, I, I can't do this anymore, and they up and quit. And I don't recommend that course of action. Well, let's dive into that just a little bit deeper. You've got people that, that do make that decision. You just, I'm going to jump and I'm going to go. What about the people that really want to make that decision, but economically they find themselves between a rock and a hard place? I can't give up what I'm doing now because economically I'm tied to what I have to have to be able to live the life that I've got and not put undue burden. What is the, what is the trigger for people to be able to get past that, maybe that, that can't economically you know, make that shift immediately? What must they do? To be able to, to your point that you just made about finding somebody else to help pay for that, what do you mean by that, and how does that apply to the person that really wants to, or that that's strapped economically but still wants to make that decision to change their life and to be able to pursue something that really gives them purpose? Yeah, and, and I think that the point really here is look at it uh, kind of like a recipe mixture, right? Where right now 100% of your income is derived from what it is that maybe you don't want to be doing, so. If you think about it as a recipe mixture where if you can just dig in, right, dig in and try to get a, a decent sense of what your what is and what it is that really would provide that fulfillment for you, and you start doing that in the hours that are off the clock, and there's a lot of hours in the day, man. I mean, and that's the thing that a lot of people forget about is that there's only two ways to use your time. I mean, you can spend your time or you can invest your time. Spending your time is like spending your money. I mean, you've got that dollar, you were thirsty, you bought that bottle of water, and why they charge a dollar for a bottle of water, I have no idea still, but that's a whole other conversation. But, you know, that dollar is gone, right? I mean, you won't have it to put into something else that hopefully you can increase the value of so that dollar becomes worth a dollar, ten dollar, twenty, whatever it might be. And that's the difference between spending and investing your money. What's the same thing with spending and investing with your time? You know, if you just simply take all that downtime and say, hey, you know, I'm going to, I'm just going to go ahead and I'm just going to, you know, I'm just going to veg, I'm just going to, you know, I just need a little bit of, uh, you know, just time to, to decompress, you know, whatever it might be, that adds up to an enormous amount of time that you will never get back. So mm -hmm. whether it's traveling, you know, buy a Tesla, man, invest in a Tesla, let that damn thing drive you to work, you know, I mean, whatever it is, or do Uber <laughs> or whatever it might be, you know, but that time back and forth, that's time that is just wasted for most people. And then, of course, you've got what happens at night. You've got what happens on the weekends, et cetera. So there's a lot of time for people to make sure that they are investing that time in something that will provide a meaningful return. And so you use that as the transitionary period. And during that period, you begin to generate revenue from whatever it is that you are truly compelled to do. And if you think about it in terms of 100% of your income being derived from what you don't want to do, and now all of a sudden you make that first dollar, well, then that recipe mixture starts to shift. So now it's 99.999% what you don't want to be doing and 0.001 what you do, and as more and more income is derived from that work, well, then you can get to 80, 20, 70, 30, 60, 40, et cetera, and you'll know, you'll know when you're able to cut that rope. But I wouldn't cut it before then. And you have to think about it from the standpoint of what is it that you want versus what it is that you actually need. 
And if you think about it from that standpoint, and Chris, you know your point was well taken about just having the, the money and these responsibilities and whatnot, and we all have those. But if you live in a home that's 12,000 square feet and you drive that Tesla and you drive that Maserati and you drive this, that, and the other, and so your monthly nut is, you know, 20 grand a month, that's what you want. But maybe what you need is a one-bedroom apartment in the city and you can take public trans and you can cut your monthly expenses down to two grand a month. Well, now instead of taking, you know, 20 months, just using easy numbers here, to make that transition to get to where you need to be income-wise, well, now you can get to where you need to be in two months. So you've cut it down by 90%. Yeah. I love that. I love and, that too. And, and you made some really good points. And, you know, one thing you'll note to uh, no when with Alan and I, we, we take some good notes during these discussions because um, we always get some golden nuggets ourselves. But, you know, you said dig in and, um, and, and I, I think um, spending time versus investing time is really for the audience. You know, you can look at what's relevant and important that you can spend your time or invest your time into uh, and we can all find time I, I think a lot of um, there's a lot of wasted time and I love the other point that you made on the budgeting is that I think a lot of people can look at that and open up an opportunity for themselves to shrink down that budget and then see where things can move them a little faster these are some really great tips and I, and I love that now you said something a little earlier and, and I want to go back to it. You know, authors write what they most need. <laughs> and when you said that, I'm like, I just wrote my book and I think he's absolutely right. <laughs> um, I think you nailed, you know, you nailed it. And, and I never really heard that before. So thanks for sharing some insight that uh, I certainly uh, got, you know, an epiphany on. Uh, but that said, um, what prompted you to write you know, now that I say that, I might have given it away. But what prompted you to write "What is your what"? Wonder if we lost him. Maybe. Uh, nope. I am nope. still here. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't know why that happened, but it did. Uh, that's that's okay. miracle of technology. The, the, the yeah. miracle. But, yes. Uh, and, and editing. But, <laughs> right. Exactly. But no, the, uh, the the question was so unnecessary for me to answer. I just uh, I, I hit mute accidentally. <laughs> just thought I didn't even have to answer that question. So there you go. That's, that's, that's my subconscious, my, my state of unconscious competence kicking in. I think I'm like, yeah, I don't have to answer that question. I love it. But, uh, but yeah, man, no, I mean, look, the answer, of course, is exactly as, as you said, which is I'm just, I'm in this position of my life where I've got to try to figure out exactly what I want to be remembered as. How, how do I want right. to leave my legacy? You know, how, how do I want to leave this planet a better place and if I don't figure that out in terms of having a framework that works for me then it's just not going to happen so yeah I mean really it just boils down to for me having a clear roadmap in terms of how I want to go about this in the days that I've got left and I think it's probably important for me to say here my wife is a, is a funeral director I mean, it's funny. It's like I help people, you know, create a better life, and then when they don't, she buries them. So I think it works really well. <laughs> but, but you know, reality is she, uh, you know, she sees people on that table all the time, man. That would, that would scare right. the hell out of you, you know. Right. I mean, 45, 50, you know, 30-somethings, right. and it's just like, wow. geez, just, you just never know when that number's up. Sure. 
Well, there's a reality piece there, uh, a definite reality check for her probably every day and for you as well. And you see people that have a great amount of potential and yet squander that. And, and you know, that's a that's a I know this is a little bit off topic, but, uh, you know, I've had a, a, a number of folks that have, you know, asked for help and so forth. And I see this great bit of potential and they say they want to do things, but they never really, truly uh, engage. And, you know, the, the reasons for that could be obviously numerous, uh, anything from age, gender to economics to commitment to all those things. Uh, you know, what do you say to somebody that has, you know, tried this two or three times and for whatever hasn't been able to, you know, been able to really make it a go, you know, and they're coming to you and you're the fourth stop? You know, what do you tell them? Uh, I'd say go visit my wife. <laughs> Great point. Yeah, good point. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, really, but it's like I'm, I'm being only slightly facetious. You know, I, I mean, at some point, I'm not telling you to throw in a towel, but I'm telling you, you might want to start knocking on different doors. Right. You know, it's like mm -hmm. not everybody is wired to be an entrepreneur. I mean, let's, you know, and, and people, people, some people think that they are when, in fact, they're just not. And, yeah. you know, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that you should just keep trying. I'm not one of those people. I mean, if you've given this, you know, a good fair go and you've tried three or four different businesses and you can't make a buck doing it or you keep, you know, taking in money and you keep losing it, you know, I'm not Colonel Sanders here. I'm not going to tell you to keep cooking that chicken. I'm going to tell you to go get a job. Yeah. So, right. you know, that's, that's the reality for me, man, is like some people keep banging themselves just up against that wall and they're not willing to do something different. And what I know is that there are a lot of, man, let's call it what it is, you know, I mean, there are a lot of wannabe, you know, wannabe-preneurs out there who have never had a real job. Go get right. a fucking job. Go right. see what it's actually like to work in a company because I guarantee you, you have no clue what it takes to run a business because you haven't seen anybody do it. Right. You haven't had the opportunity right. to learn on somebody else's dime. So... Stop trying to do it on your own. Go get a job. Let them basically, you know, train you and pay you to be trained. And then if you figure out, you know, a year into it or two years into it or three years into it that you want to go ahead and do your own thing, well, then maybe you can. But there's a lot of folks out there who just need a quick wake-up call. And sometimes the wake-up call is, you know, just go get a job and learn. Yeah, right. Yep, right. it doesn't better than a, than a good set of education, however you might get that. School of hard knocks or through academics, whatever the case may be, but have something under your belt that you're able to pull from and get some scars and some bruises so you have some resources to be able to say, hey, this is what I you know do and this is what I don't want to do, but don't go into it ignorant. And then, like I say, keep hitting your head against the wall. You know, and that, you know, we had a guest on, I think, two weeks ago, and I, I, I forget who the guest was, and I apologize if – if uh, they hear this comment and they said, well, that was me, but uh, we were talking about the fact that you can be an entrepreneur and still be employed. You can have the entrepreneur mindset and, and do that for the company that you work for and get every bit as much satisfaction out of that, but still have the security of, if you will, for the, some will agree that this is a security, some will agree that it won't, but uh, the security of working for a bigger company, but still using an entrepreneurial mindset in that position and I think that's a great way to be able to you know live out one's you know dream and purpose is to help elevate somebody else's dream and that that's okay too 
Well, I mean, I do think it really just boils down to being able to answer the core question of why are you doing it? Because if you think it's you're doing it because you want freedom or you think you're doing it because you want to make a lot of money or whatever those reasons are, that's what you got to focus on. And, and a lot of folks just kind of go into it without an understanding of really why they're doing it. I mean, for me, I did it because I wanted to make sure, well, going back, way back, way back, way back, it's because I enjoyed doing it. Now I really do it because I wanted to make sure that I could walk my kids to school so that I could go on their field trips so that I could do, you know, those types of things that if I had a nine to five, I just wouldn't be able to do it. But, you know, interestingly enough, at this point in my career, I'm actually exploring opportunities for me to help someone else as a key person in their organization because reality is that there are people who are much smarter than I am and people who have really good ideas and people who can change the world in ways that I can't and they just might need some talent to help bring that to fruition. And so it really just depends on where you're at in your career. So for me now with my kids being older, I'm actually exploring going to work for someone or with someone to help them bring their dream to fruition because, frankly, there's a lot less pressure, you know? There's always going to be pressure, but why, you know, why carry the burden of the whole thing if you don't have to? And at this joint, you know, this junction, you know, I'm really giving consideration to is there an opportunity there, a company that's got Series A financing or B financing and they need you know, a hired gun to, to really take it to that next level, yeah, that might even be a better opportunity than the things that I've been able to create on my own. And that's something you've got to be honest with yourself about. And at this stage of my career, I'm not sure that I want to start something else. Right. And, and that, you know, makes a ton of sense is that I think it's forever changing along that journey um, at specific times when opportunities, you know, uh, pr- present themselves, Steve. And obviously, uh, you're no exception from opportunities presenting themselves as you've moved along uh, doing what you've done so far. And, um, you know, a lot of times people have, um, you know, these challenges uh, in, in life and, and we can all relate. I mean, I'm, I'm sitting here making some notes and, and I'm shaking my head as you're, as you're speaking. And um, wait, I'm is sure... that like, is that shaking or nodding? <laughs> I'm sorry, Nate. I, n- wanna... I, I should have yes, nodding my head in in agreement. That is, <laughs> ah, um, gotcha, I, I, gotcha. I was going to say because if I want that sort of abuse, I'll, I'll go ask my wife to come home and listen to me for a while. Good point. Good point. Thanks for uh, thanks for that. Uh, this Steve has been too. a fun show. This is this has been a, such a fun show. Uh, now, Steve, and, and I want to get back to your book for a second because um, obviously I want you know, people to know how they can get it. And, 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 you know, there's a couple of other things I want to, I want to pull out of you. Um, you really think anybody is... wants it at this point? Oh yeah. I mean, absolutely. Let's, let's be honest. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Absolutely. Well, 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 absolutely. Let's, let's get real. We're just obligated, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I truly believe, um, <laughs> you know, a, a book gets to that status for a good reason. And I, and I think that, you know, it's, it's well, Indeed. Um, uh, for sure. And, and, and again, it's received, you know, numerous accolades, and I just want to hear from you, the horse's mouth. Only the best that money can buy there, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we, got, we, we even heard it before I even asked the question, but I'm going to ask it again anyway. Why do you think the book has done so well, has, has been so well received? 
Uh, you know, I mean, I do think that there is something to be said for the framework, right? I mean, it, it is a right. very easy framework to understand, which is, which is why I'm only being half facetious in terms of, like, do you really need the book? Yeah, I mean, you need it. Of course, there's a lot more detail in it. But if just understanding that the gift, the vehicle, and the people, you know, is the basic framework that I'm teaching, right. you can go out and try to figure some of that stuff out on your own. But, you know, reality is I think the book has done as well as it's done. Uh, because it is something where you kind of scratch your head and you go, damn, that's really stupidly simple, right. you know, like, right. but, but it's, but it's incredibly effective. And gotcha. so for those who have tried like the Myers-Briggs or the, what color is your parachutes or the strength finders or et cetera. And it's like, okay, great. So I'm an ENTF. It's like WTF, you know, it's like, what, who cares, you know, or it's like, <laughs> you know, I go to a conversation, you know, a, a networking party and there's, like, you know, a business conversation in one corner, it's a sports conversation, it's a finance conversation, it's like a tech conversation. And all I'm thinking about is like, where's the goddamn door? You know, like, I don't even care, like, what conversations are going on. So it's like, just get me out of this room. Right. So, right. you know, and there are people evidently like me, I don't believe it. Uh, but evidently, there are other people like me who just kind of scratch their heads and go, there's got to be a different, better, easier, simpler, faster way. And that's what this book is. It, does it take introspection? Does it take work? Does it take energy? Of course. But I think if you devoted a decent amount of time to just answering the questions and going through the exercises, I mean, it's not a light, funny read. I should actually write one of those. And I think that's going to be my next book, which is going to be Think Like a Jew, A Gentile's Guide to Business and Life. So that's, um, <laughs> that's, that's actually going to be my next book. But, uh, but that'll be more of a lighter take on things. But it is kind of a heavier book. I mean, there's you know, a lot of exercises and introspection you've got to go through. But if you're willing to do that, I do think you'll come out the other end with, um, with definitely some insight that you may not have had before. Yeah, well, thank, yeah, thanks for uh, the insight. And you should write that book. It, it sounds intriguing. I, I, I already own the domain. <laughs> Done. I love it. <laughs> um, now, it's true, and, and what I've heard, and I, and I looked, you give this book away for free, and, you know, I know you've got some workshops and stuff, but tell us about, you know, how people, our, our, our audience particularly, um, can do that and, and, you know, get this book, because I, I, I certainly, um, you know, purchased the book, but if you're giving it away, sure. I, I think our audience needs to, uh, needs to know that. Yeah. And is there anyone else who would be listening to this that is not your audience? Just, I mean, I'd love to figure that one out. Because if you can, if you can clue me in to how you can get people to listen to a show and they're not actually listening to the show, I'm all over that, man. Just <laughs> clue me in on that one. Uh, but yeah, I mean, just whatisyourwhat.com forward slash free. That's uh, the easiest place to go. So whatisyourwhat.com forward slash free. But um you know, I definitely suggest that you take a listen to Reinvention Radio, which is my show. Uh, and if you survive that, then maybe go and grab the book and, and see if, uh, you know, if I'm your cup of tea or not. Awesome. Well, that is perfect. And I'll let you know about that little secret about, you know, if it's not our audience, how are they, uh, how are they listening? <laughs> uh, we're going to have to have a drink over that one, I think. <laughs> uh, Steve, you know, these shows... Um, go so quick and and certainly yeah. i know alan's got another question and we're coming close to what our audience loves is that bold insight rapid bold insight so we'll get to that in a minute here um but alan we've got some time for a couple probably a couple more questions yeah. and first of all steve 
Well, first, I, I love your I love your humor and and uh, your attitude about things because I I certainly believe that you know we all need to lighten up a bit and it sounds like you you live that uh, you live that and walk that so thank you for bringing some humor and um, you know really appreciate that. Will you come back on the show again sometime this year? Because we'd love to catch up with you, and especially you know with what you've got going on and some of the things you're contemplating. We'd love to you know obviously catch up with you. Would you come back later on uh, sometime you know this year or early next year? Uh, I mean, honestly, I've given you all my best shit. I got, I got nothing more. I can't imagine anything <laughs> new. I can't imagine anything new coming up that would be earth shattering between now and then. But if you want to be tortured again, sure, why not? Let's do it. <laughs> well, you, you, you don't know what you don't know, Steve. I'm just going to use your words there. There you so. go. See, unconscious incompetence. Perfect. Well played. Well played. <laughs> Alan, let's uh, let's give Steve another well, question. I got nothing here. after that. I just. <laughs> Yeah, I'll wrap it up, wrap it up, okay. eh? <laughs> no, I, 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 I do want to talk about your workshop because I think a lot of people are going to, are, are the, the people that haven't really no, heard not. about your mission, we're going to want to know about the workshop. <laughs> Can you tell a little bit about that? Um, yeah, you know, the, uh, the workshop that, uh, that you're referring to is the reinvention workshop. Uh, and basically what that is, is it's, it's kind of like um, what is your what live, I guess is the best way to put it. It's something that I've been doing uh, since 2009, on and off, and it's um, you know definitely uh, one of the, it's definitely one of the, the sort of the highlights, if you will, of the of the work that I do because I, I do love working with people personally, and uh, and there's nothing better than working with them and seeing sort of that light kind of come on and that glow that people get when they get that clarity around what their what truly is, and uh, and so that that's what the reinvention workshop is all about. I mean, I do another event called Internet Profits Live, and we've done that for a number of years as well. Uh, but for right now, certainly uh, in this, uh, you know, in this conversation, in this realm, the uh, the reinvention workshop is probably a great place to start. Oh, that's Super. fantastic, and we'll make sure uh, for the folks out there, you can get all the information uh, once um, the show's up and. Go to steveolsher.com. I'll spell it out, S-T-E-V-E-O-L-S-H-E-R.com. Check him out. He's got everything there as well. And check out his uh, show, Reinvention Radio. And um, we'll certainly uh, take advantage of getting that book uh, for free and, and seeing what Steve has to offer inside um, his journey as being an entrepreneur. And, you know, Steve, it's come to that time um, when we're going to ask you a couple of quick questions in our bold insight. Are you ready for that? Um, well, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to ask the toughest questions ever. But, um, you know, I'm sure you'll I'm sure you'll make it through unscathed. And uh, why don't we just get right into it? What book good. do you recommend? Uh, well, there are a lot of books that I like. Um, the Legend of John Holmes actually is pretty interesting. I don't know if you had a chance to uh, to read that, but you know it's interesting how uh, how he came from basically just uh, a, a, just came out of obscurity into. Uh, You've read that, no? You guys, you, you not know the yet. book? Not yet. No, 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 but I'm, I'm intrigued. Nope. I know you the know. book, but I haven't read it. Yeah, so check out The Legend of John Holmes. Uh, I mean, that one's really good. And, uh, and what else? Um, let's see. The other book that, uh, that I find to be uh, pretty interesting and has helped me quite a bit 
is uh, have you read the uh, the the man's what I believe if I remember correctly I believe it's called the men's guide to women I think that's I think that's exactly what the uh, the title is and if I remember correctly uh, no I don't know this the men's guide to women I think is the name of it it's really good nice. no I don't I, I just asked my wife yeah well that's <laughs> the wrong book to be reading for sure <laughs> uh, I I love it the uh, thanks for that what what do you do for fun Steve. Uh, other than give people a hard time on radio shows and podcasts, um, you know, it's uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu has been in the blood for uh, for about 16 years. So I had a chance wow. to train under Carlson Gracie Sr. before his passing. And um, and uh, so I've been doing that for, for quite some time. But uh, but I'm I'm 46, going on 47 now. And uh, and really all I got to do is look at the maps and I get hurt. So it's, uh, <laughs> it's not, not quite the same as it once was. But that and uh, still enjoy the uh, the music and some production and stuff along that uh, side of the equation. As a matter of fact, we uh, we just got done putting together a a single, which is called "What Is Your What." Uh, nice. That we will we're going to put that. I guarantee you we're going to put that on the Billboard charts. So keep uh, keep an eye out for that one. I love it. But whatever awesome. we can do to help promote that, let us know. Yeah, for sure. We'll do. That sounds uh, that sounds good. What one piece of technology has helped your business the most? You know, it's interesting. I mean, I've I've been online for a long time. I'm not much of a tech guy. I um, I can tell you what's hurt it the most, uh, and that's certainly email. <laughs> I, I, I hate email, and uh, as a matter of fact, I'm like I'm like a stone's throw from being one of those folks who literally just says, "Look, if you want to reach me, then um, do something like really strange, like pick up a phone and, and call me." I so, love it. Um, you know, from from a technology standpoint, there's there's not a lot of tools that I recommend. Uh, I mean, I do like things if you're working with folks that are remote, like teamwork. I find it'd be pretty pretty helpful. Um, and uh, and then there are some new tools that help you uh, do like syndication of some of the live broadcasts. Like right. um, uh, Live Leap is one of them, and then there's a um, there's another one that um, that will give you the opportunity basically to run sort of like contests that are uh, viral in nature. Uh, and that one, uh, that one's pretty good, which is uh, get leads. And so there's, there, there's a few, you know, software programs out there that I like as well. Beautiful. What quote has had the most impact on you, Steve? Uh, other than you're 18, it's time for you to get the fuck out of the house. Um, <laughs> let's see. Other than that one, uh, probably, um, you know, I do, I do really like Oscar Wilde's quote, uh, where he said basically that the critic has to educate the public and the artist has to educate the critic. And, it. and I like that one because, you know, there's, there's really just, man, there's two types of people, you know, there's, there's critics and there's creators and most people will go through their entire life without being a creator and they'll just simply critique and, and be a critic uh, of others' creations without putting anything forth for the world to judge. And, you know, that's, that's my challenge is, is will you put something forth for the world to judge and will you shift from that critic mindset to being a creator? Nice challenge. I like that. Yeah, well that is a great challenge. Hey, Steve, you might have already told us, but uh, I'm going to ask it anyway. What is your next bold move? 
you know, uh, believe it or not, I have been kicking around a, a tech player too. Uh, as I said, I've been in the tech space for, for a long time. So I actually do have a couple of uh, tech plays that I've been kicking around. Um, and we'll see if I end up running with that. But uh, believe it or not, I'm actually uh, I'm ghostwriting a book uh, right now for a woman who's got a very interesting story. Um, very, very wealthy woman. And once she said money's no object, I was like, sign me up. So I uh, wouldn't normally do that, but, you know, basically she was like, yeah, you know, I just bought this Alfa Romeo, but I don't really like it, and I'm going to return it. And, and I was like, okay, this is my kind of girl right there. So I was like, yeah, don't, don't usually do that kind of thing, but uh, for the hell of it, I'm going to go write a book, man. So I love that, it. And That's awesome. Like I, like I said, we're going uh, to put that song, What Is Your What, on the, on the Billboard charts, and, uh, and, and we'll see what happens, uh, you know, coming from there. But uh, but the radio show is pretty exciting for me. The Holy Grail has always been radio, and right. if I could get uh, if I could get reinvention radio or a show similar to that that features me and my crew uh, syndicated, that that's Holy Grail for me, man. Awesome. Well, let's uh, let's help you do that. And uh, wow, we really appreciate you taking the time and uh, the insight. And and like I said, uh, thanks for sharing your humor. Uh, it's always fun when we can you know have someone on the show as laid back as you are and. For our audience, thank you so much for tuning in. Check out Steve Olsher at uh, steveolsher.com, S-T-E-V-E-O-L-S-H-E-R.com, and you'll check out all his stuff that uh, he has available there, and uh, Reinvention Radio sounds great. And uh, we'll be rooting for you, Steve. Really appreciate your insight and your boldness. Mr. Bold was in the house. We'll, a little throwback for you. Nice. Well, thanks for uh, having me on, and uh, hopefully you'll recover soon enough. <laughs> well, don't go away yet. We've yeah, got, we gotta, uh, we got, we got, got something else. <laughs> All right. No, Steve, Alan, you've been very gracious with take, your time. Thanks, thanks yes, Chris. For sure. You've been take very us away. With your time and, uh, and uh, your insight and your transparency. And not everybody is uh, willing to be uh, honest and true, and, and you have been, and uh, we appreciate that. And, and the banter's been great, uh, but we also know your character, and I think the audience says so, too. So thank you so much for that. But we want to leave our, uh, or we always leave our audience with uh, one question from our guest. And this could be something that you've already talked about today. It could be something that you've uh, reserved in your back pocket. It could be something off the you know, top of your head. But we'd like to, to have you leave the audience with one bold move, something they could institute today to change either their life and or their business. Cool, man. So, all right, well, I mean, the bold move that I would ask you to think about is when you wake up, let's just call it tomorrow morning, just the bold move, the challenge, if you will, is just be conscious of where your time goes tomorrow, right? I mean, like, really be conscious. Like, how much time do you spend on Facebook, how much time do you spend actually working? How much do you time actually, you know, how much time do you spend actually selling? You know, really try to document where that time goes because I think that you'll find that an inordinate amount of that day uh, is not used in, in a productive manner. Not to say that, again, you know, we talked about this earlier, but not to say that you shouldn't have any downtime or decompression, uh, but it does add up to just an inordinate amount of time that you simply can't get back. So. Take a look at it and then be honest. What percentage of your day did you spend and what percentage of your day did you invest? Super. Well said. Thanks. Thanks, Steve, so much. It's been, uh, it's been great having you on the show. Chris, as usual, you're a fantastic co-host. 
and uh, audience. Uh, we love your your loyalty, and uh, we continue to to do our best to bring you the best. And uh, Steve today is is obviously no exception to that. It's been great to have him on the show. And uh, Chris, go ahead and take us home. You got it. Again, right back at you, Alan. Thank you so much, Steve. And, you know, thank you to the audience. Check out, uh, you know, all the other shows we've got to offer. But, you know, this one in particular with Steve Olsher, it uh, certainly was a pleasure. And, you know, we wish Steve all the best. If you have anybody you're looking for, come to info at thinkboldbebold.com. Send us a note and we'd be happy to, uh, you know, source those uh, those those guest out and, and bring you know people that you're really hoping to listen to and we've got tons of great guests coming so again Steve keep being real my friend you're awesome and uh, good luck with all your goals in the future and uh, we look forward to having you back on soon appreciate it thanks guys thanks everyone wouldn't be a show without me saying do something nice for someone today This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.